everybody. Bonnie and Tim and Mike here. Welcome to the Vox Podcast. So glad you are tuning in. Welcome. What we thought we would do is do some uh, mini episodes. We have uh, questions building up by the dozens. And so we're trying to honor those. And there's so many good ones. Uh, Quickly, before I dive into that, we have um, micro communities that are, are wanting to form or are forming. Um, a couple of new ones I want to point out, although a couple of old ones, Maine, Alaska, Alexandria, Virginia, Corona, California, All um, right. Auburn, California, the Bay Area, uh, New Zealand. We have one in New Zealand. Uh, Phoenix, several people in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. We have Tyler, who was a guest on our podcast a while back, and a church planner friend of his wanting to start a micro community in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, we've got Dallas, Fort Worth, Plano, Northeast Ohio. And that's all I know is Northeast Ohio. So if you're in <laughs> Northeast Ohio, you know, you know where that is. Um, Washington, DC, Folsom. Where's Folsom? It's close to, it's close to here. Okay. Folsom, San Diego, San Luis Obispo County, Springfield, Ohio. Oh so my goodness. please. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm missing, I'm skipping several. Um, if you're interested, please email us at hello at voxpodcast.com. Also, uh, when you get a second, like, rate, subscribe, review, if you would, on wherever you get your podcast feed. That is immensely helpful for podcasts. We deeply appreciate it. And every now and again, we have Bonnie check in with the, uh, the interwebs uh, for our reviews. So, Bonnie, what do we got? Okay, we have, some three, we have three reviews today. Nice. Okay, this this one is a five star. Oh, those are the, those are the best kind. It says thankful and encouraged. Thank you for loving, challenging, and shepherding the spiritually homeless into the Vox community. P.S. Mike, Bonnie, and Tim blew my mind long before Gombus arrived. Whoa. Okay. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. I know that's a good one. Okay, this is another five star. It's called Podcasting at Its Best. My wife and I look forward to this week or to this every week more than any other podcast. Great content, but more importantly, not a bunch of churchy garbage. The direction the direction is on point. Truly a voice for the Christian misfits and spiritually homeless. So that was awesome. Okay, but now we have a one star. Nice. This is a one star, and the title is Not a Vox Media Podcast. (laughs) And the comment is, perhaps the podcast description is insufficient. Oh, yeah, seriously. So So, there is a Vox Media Corporation. Yeah. Um, Yep, I could see where that would be. So they stumbled in, they downloaded them all, and then they said, whoa. They said, whoa. (laughs) This is not what I (laughs) thought I was getting into. Right. These are not the droids I'm looking for. (laughs) <laughs> that happened to me a long time ago because there's another Tim Stafford, an older guy that's like a really famous bluegrass flat picker. Whoa. And he's got a bunch of records on iTunes. And when I put my very first little home record out, he all of his fans like jumped on. They're like, this is not Tim Stafford. This is garbage. Oh, wow. I got a bunch of bad reviews. Oh, you should have been like, boy. you know what? This is. I'm Who, Timothy will John the real Stafford. Tim, will the real Tim Stafford please stand up? All right, Bonnie. Um, so, in order to try to keep this in some sort of mini episode format, right, right, right. why don't Sorry, we stay on task? No, 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 no. Stay on target. Um, 
why don't we? Oh, I watched the first two episodes of The Mandalorian, Tim. Dude. Um, and I heard episode number three is pretty epic. So I'm going to watch that this weekend. Why'd but, you say Tim? Because you, for you, Mandalorian is either a car or a musical instrument. Musical you have, instrument. You have no idea, <laughs> Bonnie. Mike's learning the Mando. Yep. All right. So, Bonnie, what do we got? We got a good question here, I think, right? Yeah, we do. We got a good one. Okay, here we go. Um, hello to all Vox from Newport Beach. Well, I hello. Just finished- hello. Hello, Newport. They're out there in their sunshine. Yep. I just finished listening to your latest episode on Judgment, and I loved it. It evokes so many more questions, and I was wondering if you have an episode in your arsenal on the topic of why are we left to figure things out on our own? Why do we have why do we have to have podcast books, ex-pastors turned motivational speakers discussing <laughs> opinions on theology in the first place? Ooh. Why didn't Jesus cover all the topics that are vital to understand and follow? Why didn't he leave a very detailed instruction manual on how to live oh. this life and what is the ultimate truth? Wouldn't that make sense versus having yep. the possibility of millions of people miss out on salvation or to prevent the world from tearing each other apart over religious beliefs wow. or have to try and find peace through alternative avenues or be giving terribly wrong answers through extremely poor translations of scripture that causes someone to grow up living in such guilt, shame, and fear. Why did he leave in the first place and not stay by our side the whole way to make sure we're getting it right? Dang. All right, Bonnie. Well, you're the translator of the Bible among this crew, so you just go for it. Let's go for it. Um, I've often wondered this as well, but I love one thing I love about the Bible is that um, God chose his people to tell his story. Um, Mm. That part of the whole thing is invitation and participation so for me when i look at like the christian faith is it is figuring out what we believe but it's also the journey is is how we're figuring that out and how we're doing it and how we're participating with each other like i think that that's where the secret sauce is right Mm -hmm. is in the working it out together and living it out in flesh and blood so i think if we have all the answers we wouldn't have to do any of that and because yeah. Jesus is God incarnate, you know, it's word become flesh. There's something to that that makes a big difference in our faith. If we just know something in our head and the word doesn't become flesh, we're not working it out on this like day to day messy way. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that it would stick with us the same. And I'm also not sure that it would take the same, have the same impact or have uh, the same sort of revelation and taking part of the recreating and like repurposing and how God is continually coming in and making all things new. Boom. That's pretty solid stuff. Um, I would add a couple of things. Number one, um, the biblical writers would say that God has not left himself without a witness, right? That all the heavens declare the glory of God, first of all. Mm-hmm. And so that the that every bit of nature testifies to God's goodness, His intelligence. Um, secondly, they would say that the scriptures are the inspired recording of God's dealing with human persons to the point where, and for the point of learning wisdom. And so, so God would never intend to give us uh, a manual for life in the same way we would never raise our kids. Um, with with some sort of well here's here's every decision here's every possible scenario you could face and here's every decision that you should make when you 
face every possible scenario. Rather, mm-hmm. what God has done is he's given us enough of his character uh, and enough of his previous dealings with his people to be able to now infer, and this is the N.T. Wright five-act play structure that we've talked so much about, to improvise a bit. Um, the, the, the biblical writers would also say, hey, you have the Holy Spirit in you. Um, and you have the community of faith and, and its traditions. Mm-hmm. Now, that is all countered by, A, the noetic effects of sin. In other words, sin doesn't just affect our moral sensibilities, but our intellectual sensibilities have been affected as well. Mm-hmm. So Paul will say things like, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers, right? Um, secondly, it's it's nuanced by the fact that um, that... that not only is our, our, our moral sensibilities, you know, destabilized and our noetic sensibilities, but there's a, there's a sense that, our, that even at the core of us, the agency towards that drives us isn't towards others or God, but it's always towards self and has to be unlearned, right? So, and then thirdly, that according to the biblical writers, there's another team on the field, right? There's an, there is an adversary. And so, so what you have is you have on the one hand enough that if you want to believe, you have every justification for believing, but not so much as to compel belief, because then what would be the point of the kind of relational covenantal love that God is looking for? You can't get that following a script. You can't get that following a blueprint. And so the thing that God seems to be after more than any other thing, and you said it, I love the way you said it, Bonnie, about how it works out in the Bible, but it works out everywhere else too, that God has always been looking for cooperative participants in his work. Um, and, uh, that was his intent in the garden. That's his intention in the city when we see revelation and it's his, it's, it's his intention now. And so God doesn't overwhelm us with himself. He gives us the option to kind of quote, hide from him. Um, but for those who are seeking, God will always find them. He'll always meet them. He'll always be with them, even though we don't feel it, you know, all the time. What do you Mm -hmm. think? What do you think of that? I mean, that's basically what I said. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> exactly. I just I had to I had to mansplain it just in case there were no, there were I love it. fellows in the audience. I love it. I love your ability to um, you take suck. something on like an intellectual level and sort of like um, fill it out onto this other level because what you said is so true. I think um, like what you said about the Holy Spirit, but we just. For some reason, and this is true of the church, and maybe, maybe this has been my experience, but maybe you can uh, speak to it in a different manner. But oftentimes it seems like the Bible and what it teaches us is put above like the voice of the Spirit or like how to work that out. I don't feel like there's always such a good balance. So then when right. we're looking at questions like this, we honestly forget about the role of the Spirit because right. we're used to being like, well, no, the Bible's a tell-all. And so, right. it, you know. right. So, yeah. On a pastoral on a pastoral level, though, I would want to say to this person, I completely resonate with everything you're saying. Oh, I have yeah. wondered that. I question that. Um, and this goes back to what is it that God's looking for? If God were looking for perfect theology from everybody, mm-hmm. then God left a really crappy way of getting perfect theology to everybody. Right. You know what I'm saying? If that's the sole goal... If that's of, his goal. Yeah, yeah, and if that's what saves us, then we're all screwed, right? Because or he, that is what is his, and he's super mean, and that's why he did it. Absolutely. <laughs> like that. You know, Absolutely. I mean, those are your two options. 
Um, but if, on the other hand, what God are what God is seeking are people who seek Him, then this arrangement actually, I think, lends itself most effectively because that because ambiguity pushes us in ways that certainty would never do, right? I mean, so that right. so so there's something about. Uh, the having to work this out with people in a way where I'm not exactly sure. Um, and I have to, and see, here's the point. In the scenario this individual described, where God has written everything down, there's no faith required. Right. right? Well, and no intimacy with God required almost. Totally. I yeah. mean, you just you just can check the boxes and you go through yeah. it. This way, there is much fear and trembling um, because it requires actually trusting God not trusting my ability to follow the blueprint. Yeah. And so that is a far scarier thing. Now, in my view, and I think the Bible writers would argue this, that all of the perceived um, injustices and flaws of this system are already accounted for in God's judgment. Mm. In other words, the ones who are most harshly judged are the ones who know and receive it directly. Mm-hmm. The ones who were the least harshly judged are the ones who um, had it refracted and filtered to them, but responded to whatever it was that they were shown. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, so anyway, that that would be my two cents. Um, Dallas Willard, if you're interested, has a um, a book called I think it's Knowing Christ Today, and the, the last chapter is about um, pluralism, oh. about how is it that God saves people. Yeah. Uh, who as particularly who have perfect knowledge or perfect theology or whatever. And it's super fascinating uh, because it pulls a lot of these thoughts sort of together. So I'd highly recommend that book. Bonnie, let's put that in the show notes. Show notes. Boom. And <clears throat> stuff it. Tim Stafford, anything you'd like to add? <laughs> I can only speak for myself personally, but I have found, especially in this latest season, that I need to be seeking. I need that process of seeking and I need that I need God to be how he has been with just constant revelation. If I had all the information, I'd, I think that I would go off track. If that makes sense. I like, I need yeah. the active pursuit. And I was thinking about when I read this question, I was thinking about when like Moses was asking to see God, all of God's glory, you know, he shut him in the crack <laughs> and covered him up with his hand or whatever. And said so yeah. you can see part of it. I kind of feel like I've had those moments where it's like, I want, it's like, I need to see everything. I want to know everything. God's like, well, if I gave it all to you, it might blow your mind. So let's just, right. oh, you yeah. can just see a little bit of the after part. And, yeah. but I need that constant <laughs> for me. I need the constant pursuit or else I think I'd go off. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I need that participation points. Absolutely. So anyway, friends, great question as always. Give us your thoughts on uh, social, the social media. We're big fans of the Twitter and the Facebook and the Instagram. And um, I'm going to cu- come up with the Vox podcast. Uh, what's, what's, what's another hip? We need a TikTok. That's what we need. What we need that? a TikTok <laughs> channel. That's oh what the my, kids no, are. There's t- no, no. That's what the kids are into. That's what, what I hear. What would you put on your TikTok channel? Uh, uh, dancing, obviously. <laughs> so <laughs> shut up. So look forward to that. <laughs> yes. So we'll launch. We'll launch that. Um, we should actually have time. that a Patreon tier. With that would fill up like so fast. <laughs> See Mike's oh. dancing TikTok. <laughs> oh, good lord! 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I think we would have to pay people for that one. <laughs> anyway, uh, my friends, we'll be uh, we'll be back shortly with another mini episode. Thank you as always for your time, your feedback, your questions. We're so honored to be a part of your life. Till next time, friends. <laughs>